free stuff, free modules, free cables, free cassette tapes, free t-shirts, stickers, which are usually free, but you know, they're going to come along with all of this stuff. What am I talking about? A bunch of stuff that I am going to be passing on to my Patreon subscribers here in about a month or so. So if you are not signed up for the Patreon yet, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. And I've been talking about this for a while, but I think maybe it's time that I show you some of the stuff. So let's start with some cassettes. All right. The last two copies of Kitty Safari by me and my friend Stephen Jett. It is a bunch of really great piano playing by Stephen. Run through my modular system. And then I uh, got passed along a bunch of cassettes, and it turns out I own some of them already. I'm going to be passing these on. So I've got uh, VCO ADSR, uh, Serious Lies EP, Minor Truths EP. It looks like it's like a, maybe a split. Looks pretty cool. Heinbach, Dear Earth, Gemini Horror, Absidic, Gerald Fjord Signals, great album. Ross Fish from Moffin's Eve, eight songs about absolutely nothing. I have this one, it's really good. I have this one as well, Fossilize Me, Era, Akil Adam, Hollow Moon, The Great Krell Machine from uh, Flag Day Records. This one has, uh, let's see, Walker Farrell, Todd Barton, a bunch of really cool people on it. This is a Tom Hall cassette. Tom Hall's great, a Daedalus one. And then I have this one as well. It's called Dry Bath. Um, it's very weird, but I really, really like it. Um, so there are the cassettes. I've got a bunch of stickers, a bunch of PodMod stickers, of course. And then I've got a bunch of uh, blank panels from the Bleep Bloop 2000, uh, which is now sold out, but I do have a bunch of extra panels. So if anybody wants some blanks, with my big dumb face on it. Okay, so onto cables. I've got a whole bunch of right angle cables here. Various lengths, various uh, color schemes. Got some glow in the dark, some that are not glow in the dark. I've got a whole bunch of these black and gold braided uh, cables um, in various sizes. And then I've got some red stackables here. And I've also got this, this here tote bag full of various colors of tie-dyed Podular Modcast shirts. And then there are a few white ones as well. Sizes are limited. And then finally, the modules. This is the part you've been waiting for. I've got an After Later Audio Filthy Filter, an After Later Audio Blend, which I, the only reason I'm getting rid of this is because I have I have more of them, and I think they're a very, very useful utility module. And then a nice, simple Envy from After Later Audio. These, uh, it's just a nice little ADSR, and it's got an end of attack and end of rise trigger output. So pretty dang useful. So if you wanna be on the receiving end of the announcement of when you can get this stuff, then you gotta go over to patreon.com forward slash modcast and join up. I'm just gonna randomly post what's there and I'm gonna make little packages basically. It'll all be first come first serve. So if you see that post, look at what's on there and then claim it in the comments or send me a message and then it's yours and I will send it out to you. As you know, if you've been listening long enough, I could not do this show without your support on Patreon. So once again, patreon.com forward slash modcast link in the show description. Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held. This week we have Daniel Miller and Gareth Jones back on the show to talk about their project Sunroof and the new Sunroof release, which comes out this Friday, the 17th, if you're listening week of release of the show. Um, and what else? Oh, I got a new camera. What do you think of this double angle stuff? It's, it's pretty cool. So hopefully demos will be a little bit more, uh, you know, professional looking and stuff. So the 9th, 
few days ago was my birthday, and I went out to a lake called Lake Crescent. I, of course, did a remote performance, so hopefully I'll get that edited and out soon. But this lake was so cold. It doesn't uh, help that it's February and there was snow just a couple feet, a couple hundred feet up on the, the ridge above the lake. But I've been in some really, really cold rivers before um, and, you know, in the, the late summer, early fall and uh, in early spring. So I thought that this was going to be no problem. And uh, yeah, I just went and jumped straight off the dock because it just drops off instantly. It's super deep. And um, that was the closest I've had to having my breath completely taken away from me while submerged in cold water. Luckily, you swim to shore and two steps and you're in a sauna. And yeah, having a sauna there was very nice. So uh, my wife Hannah and I and our friends went into the sauna a few nights later and it was very cold outside and nighttime, um, but we went in, got super hot, and then went into the lake and uh, actually did that twice. And not quite as cold when you heat up your core so much. Um, and I, I can't stress enough how good it feels for like the following af uh, hour after. You get super, super cold while you're in there. You come out, you get dried, you put on a nice hoodie and some, some big thick sweatpants and some gloves maybe and a beanie and you just have this like warm glow for uh, sometimes a couple hours. Depends on how cold the water is and how long you're in it. But you don't come to Podular Modcast to talk about jumping in cold water. I feel like maybe I have talked about this entirely too long. This week's episode is brought to you by Patchworks, our lovely synth shop here in Seattle, the place where I got both of my 4MS powered pods. And after this weekend, I'm thinking I might want to get a third one. And you're like, well, why do that when you have a 7U case? And it's like, because I have the 7U case too. Um, I want one to be like my guitar rig, like the interface that I get my guitar into my modular system. And, uh, you know, some envelope following and some, some CV control with the guitar. Then I want one for effects. And then I want one for my samplers which include the STS. I love this sampler. Um, this is the second one I've owned, um, and I bought this at Patchworks. So if you would like to visit Patchworks online, please go to patchworks.com, and they will solve all your synthesizer needs. Um, and if you're kind of wondering what module or modules you should get, I highly, highly, highly recommend the Shaped Dual Envelope VCA from 4MS. Of course, the Stereo Triggered Sampler from 4MS. So once again, that's Patchworks, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Also, thank you to 4MS. I'm really excited. I've got a few more 4MS modules coming in the mail this week, hopefully. I am getting the Swan, the Spherical Wave Table Navigator, the DLD, the Dual Looping Delay, and then also the Mini Peg, which is part of the five new modules that they've released lately. The, uh, the Shaped Dual Envelope VCA, like I just showed you. The new uh, Shuffling Clock Multiplier. Um, basically, that, has, that module has existed for a while, but there was an expansion um, or expander for it. Now the new one is just the expander and the old module in one. Link in the show description. Let's get into the show. And I'm joined once again by Gareth and Daniel from Sunroof. And I love that the new record, I don't want to, well, we won't want to jump right in, but I'd love that the new record is it's called part two, right? Or number two? And this volume is the two. Part, yeah. Volume two. And this is the volume two uh, Sunroof pod mod. So it's it's quite timely. Yeah. Um, you, you guys were on in May of 2021. So we oh. would still have been kind of in the, area of the pandemic where not a lot of traveling and not a lot of live stuff's going on. So I'm kind of curious, like since things have loosened up and the world's opened up a bit, um, have you guys been taking advantage of that as far as live shows or seeing shows or just t traveling or 
definitely traveling, um, being able to work together again, which is amazing because we weren't really able to work together because I'm based in Berlin and Gareth's in London. So uh -huh. during lockdown, we, we were not able to work together. So that was a, a real drag, even though it gave certainly gave me more time with my modular because um, mm -hmm. there's nothing else to do after work. And um, yeah, I've been traveling around. A few, I've seen a few gigs. We've played, we played, we played one gig in November in Barcelona, which was great. Uh, and uh, we've got some gigs coming up in the UK and Germany. So yeah, man, that's got to be exciting. Yeah. How about you, uh, Gareth? Have you been traveling? What's what's your? I've seen. I, so I follow you on Instagram as well, and I I see that you you know you're still producing other people's records and still jamming with people and everything. Yeah, I had a great uh, experience uh, last year. I uh, co-wrote a record with uh, uh, a friend, uh, Emily Tearson. Her project's mm -hmm. called Kankies, which uh, Mute picked up on actually, uh, and uh, we did. She invited me to join her on tour. So uh, I've never really done a proper tour before. I think I went out with Tuxedo Moon as a sound person in about 1981 or something in Europe. But uh, <laughs> this was like five weeks on a nightliner bus all around Europe. It was a fantastic crew of people. We were supporting uh, Jan Tiersen, who I've also produced records uh, for mm -hmm. with. Uh, and... Uh, there was a great crowds and it was a wonderful atmosphere. It was a huge learning experience for me, just seeing really what it's truly like life on the road. You know, so yeah. many of my colleagues have done it and I'd never done it. So that was a, a great uh, piece of traveling that I was able to enjoy uh, awesome. in the end of last year, October, I think. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I must've saw them on their, uh, the U S leg of that same tour. Cause I saw Jan okay. and, and, um, she she's uh, i'm sorry i forgot her first name um emily emily she emily. sings on a few songs with jan when he's performing right yeah Ama amazing show that was so awesome um it was actually at my favorite venue in seattle it's called the neptune and it's got this little balcony seat off to the side on the second tier where it feels like you're in your own little private area and me and my wife took advantage of that so we were you know just looking right down on the show and it was it was absolutely fantastic and uh I had Jan on the show a little before that, and lovely, lovely guy. Yeah, he's a he's a super super talented man of man of many skills. He's yeah, he's one of those people that you you kind of watch and you're like, why do I do this? You know. <laughs> but at well, the same hey, time, uh, Tim, <laughs> it's not a it's not a competition, right? That's right. Yeah, I think I finally hit the age where that kind of thing is more of a source of inspiration than it is something to make you know we have plenty of things that we can make ourselves feel bad about in life most of them aren't real um so i might as well look yeah. for the good stuff right <laughs> absolutely yeah i think if i was uh you know if i if i felt i was in competition with uh, all, all the wonderful electronic artists who are in the deep end when i'm paddling around in the shallow end i would never leave the house you know right but uh, <laughs> you know that, that kind of hits on something I've, I've, I've been thinking about lately. Um, I think, you know, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll try not to make this too much of a therapy session or else, and if it gets too far, let me know and I'll, you guys can send me a bill. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going on five years of doing the show and I'm, you know, I've been doing modular for, you know, just over five years. And I hear these modular albums by these super talented people. And I'm just like, I could never do this with a modular synthesizer. And I could feel myself starting to feel a little bit bad about it. And then I kind of had to stop and be like, how often do you try to do this kind of thing? This is their thing. This is what they're good at. You're doing your thing, you know, just keep doing your thing. Um, so, yeah, I think that's just kind of like something we kind of, we, we need to remind ourselves every once in a while that it isn't a competition and, you know, and seeing somebody who you view as better as you like, like be grateful for that and use that as fuel for your own creative endeavors, you know? So there's my little preach soapbox corner. And then mm. now we can get back to your guys's mm. album into it. Yeah. But then whatever you do and whatever you do is, is your expression that he, he or she, who you admire wouldn't be able to do that's what you know that's the most important thing to remember you know they might mm -hmm. be able to 
express themselves in a very skillful and technically, you know, good way, but they would never be able to express what you want to express. So mm-hmm. however yeah. skilled or not you are, you're, you're transmitting your, your uh, expression through the work that you do. And I think that's really mm-hmm. important to remember. Yeah. yeah and I, it's really yeah. Go ahead, Gary. Well, just individual voices, you know, I mean, the collaborative voice in the case of Sunroof, obviously, but, mm-hmm. and, and, and all collaborations, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's such a, uh, such an encouragement that I feel once you, once you realize, oh, actually, that th- this is quite unique. I think mm-hmm. what we all do in our own way is, is unique and special and has a, has a place in the infinite cosmos, you know, mm-hmm. clearly. I agree. Yeah. Hey, have, you I... read, uh, have you read Rick Rubin's book? No, I'd, I'm Rick not sure. Rubin's what... just, just, he's just bought a book out about creativity. It's uh-huh. a good read. I mean, obviously. a podcast that people are really yammering on about. Have you checked that out? Yeah, no, but I've seen him. Obviously, he's got a book out, so he's promoting uh, it. He knows what okay. he's doing, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, but uh, he's, a, he's a bit of a Zen master, isn't he? I, I don't know <laughs> the man personally, but I've enjoyed reading his book anyway. I recommend it. Okay, great. Yeah, I'll put that on the, the reading list. Um. I think also something that is really important in this vein is uh, kind of to hit back on what you said a minute ago, Daniel, is like, actually, you guys both said it. And I think it's an important way to look at it is your, your voice, your expressive voice. And I'm not talking about your oscillators, you know, what, what it is that's coming out. And I think it's much more important for people who are trying to make music that, you know, they want to be associated with their name and they want people to listen to, to hunt maybe, well, not hunt for that voice, but follow that, you know, and, and, and just, yeah, be true to that voice. Because if you spend your time trying to be Aphex twin, you're not at all sharpening your own skills and building your voice up, you know? So that's our, yeah. And there's no, yeah. And there's no point because Aphex twin already exists. So why right. be a second exactly. Aphex twin? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and I don't know if there could be a second Aphex twin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's just no. he's just off in his own <laughs> yeah. world there. Um so I I I've been listening to the new record. Um it's great it's great morning setting up the studio music, I'll tell you that. Um and reading the liner notes, I think it's funny. I, one of your one of you guys were quoted as, well, the the first album we got we had 40 years to make it. This one we took nine months to make it. Um, so I definitely want to talk about this, the, the difference between the, um, the approach and then like the feel and, and even the voice of this, cause it still sounds like you guys to me again, you know, like the, I, I hear mm-hmm. sunroof's voice. Um, well, that's good. I don't know if this is, <laughs> I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels a little moodier, a little darker to me, which I like, but I may, maybe that's not accurate but i don't know if to me it feels like it feels like a really good horror film score in a couple moments um so yeah right <laughs> i mean i, I think a nice um, flow to it you know yeah thank you i mean we didn't really talk about the album too much before we started recording mm-hmm. but the only thing we thought really was that the first album was quite dense in terms of sound um and we thought let's try and do something a bit more stripped back this time i don't know if that comes across or not you know but that 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 was really the only yeah that might be Mm. what i was picking up on that darker because it has more room for these Mm. reverb tails and and stuff to kind of Mm. do their thing um maybe that yeah yeah i mean that's really the only thing we talked about before we that's really the only thing we talked about before we started I think okay. we we just carried well no we we yeah I mean, yeah and yeah that was pretty much it and then it was a very similar kind of process to the to the, the kind of the rules that we made on the last record. Mm-hmm. I think we were slightly more flexible on the rules, but but really the same principles behind it. You know, one shorter thing, track. Shorter track. Uh, one interesting difference was that uh, on on the first record on volume one. Uh, ongoing series on volume one uh we tried I, and i think we managed to do each piece in a different physical space but oh, i think cool. on volume two 
we worked exclusively in your uh, studio and my studio, Daniel, didn't we? Yeah, I think that's we, correct. We, yeah, we didn't we didn't go to the mute studio. We didn't go to strong room mm. studios. We just worked mm. in our own spaces, which, which mm. also clearly changes the atmosphere because where we work changes the vibe, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, that was going to be one of my questions is is how you guys did that. Um, but yeah, as far as the vibe and stuff, do you feel that it's there's more pressure? Um, in a studio that's not in your home or do you feel like maybe that's a good kind of pressure that can bring something else out of you or like how do the how does that vibe change affect i mean there's no really way to quantify that but like just from your experience i don't i didn't feel any pressure working in other studios i mean one, one of the studios we worked with was the, the mute studio right um um no this, i think the whole idea of this project for us is no pressure <laughs> yeah uh, just yeah yeah that's true I, I i agree with that the yeah of course tim it's very simple it's the the it's a stereo out from one case and stereo out from the other case they're all essentially four track recordings so it's not oh, like wow. okay. there's the, the right. pressure of going to some you know to some studio and having a big setup with an engine it's not like that it's just when we worked in other studios we just uh, uh, borrowed a favor from from whoever was uh, owning or managing that studio and we just turned it was, it was more subtle it was to have a different physical space right rather than okay. a different uh, you know it's not like a band going and setting up somewhere it's very simple recording process yeah that was going to be my other question about like what i guess um yeah what what kind other than the vibe change it sounds like but um what what would be the real point of going to a studio when you guys both have perfectly functional ones especially well i guess here's my question are you using the acoustics of the room to set up your feels are you guys you know are you doing your, like your pre-recording mixing and everything in headphones before you commit it to to tape well no we 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 listen to it through speakers um, and we, we, you know, we arrive at the session unpatched, uh, and we don't talk about really what we're going to do. We just start patching, listening to what each other's doing as we're patching. And then at a certain point, it feels right to press record. And, um, and then we, and then we improvise around those patches that we've created. Okay. Yeah. So given a day of recording. Um, how many pat? I mean, I'm sure it varies, but how many patches do you think that you're getting to a point where you're you're ready to record a couple takes of it or a really long take of it? Um, and then after that, um, how much you know, like cut cutting up and picking out the good bits of each take do you do? Well, in a day, most of our sessions are half a day or a few hours. <laughs> mm -hmm um which is part of you know part of the idea i mean we'll do we'll do a patch and once we're happy we'll record that and maybe we'll do a few takes of that patch um which and they could be very different very different versions uh of, of, of the same using the same patch and then if we have time we might do a second patch that hardly ever happens does it gareth because we don't really our, our time is, is limited really so we, we just focus on getting a good patch two good patches and working on those and doing a few takes of those and we try to record you know we want to make we you know we do short takes relatively short takes five to seven eight minutes okay. on this okay. on this album so we don't want to start editing really we want to capture the flow of the improvisation and we don't want to spend a lot of time for you know choosing the so-called best bits it's hard to know what a right. best bit is right yeah. it's more about like do it, listening listening to what we've done and saying yeah that's a good take rather than that bit's good that bit's good or let's do that i mean that's the general way we work is like as little editing as, as possible um a bit of post-production you know that gareth does a bit of compre compression or eq or all those things that happen mm -hmm. but that that's the process really that sounds I mean that because you answered my net one of my next questions, but I want to kind of have you guys expound upon that because every single time I've jammed with somebody else, especially in the world of like modular or anything, it's um, 
an hour can go by and you're like, we just recorded an hour of that. Like, what am I going to do with an hour of what we just did? So to have the restraint and the presence of mind to kind of keep that, like, is that, is that a challenge or like you also have been working together for quite a while. So like, mm-hmm. do you guys just kind of have that down by this point? Well, in, in the, not, we've kind of learned by bitter experience because we did our long improvisation sessions in the nineties mm-hmm. and we never, we never were able to find the inspiration or the energy or the time to edit them down into listenable pieces. Yep. That's the thing. See, so, so we kind of learned from hard experience. So now we're much more, we've embraced this shorter, shorter, uh, you know, limitation. The manifesto is all about not getting stuck in days of editing. You see, we love improvising. We love patching and we love improvising. We're not that keen on editing, to be honest. <laughs> so, so especially on our, of our own work, you know, commissioned mm-hmm. editing is different, you know, obviously if, uh, but so, so that, that quite early on, we were like, no, we don't, we, we, if, if we have to do big edits, we're never going to do them. So, That's so, so true. I have this so is many why we, hours of recording yeah, that so, I know I'm never going to revisit. We can only recommend the idea of trying to force yourself to work in a five to 10 minute time frame. It's worked mm-hmm. for us anyway, Tim. It's definitely worked for us. That's they, funny. I've just kind of been doing something similar. Go ahead. Great. I, 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 I just want to, even actually, we, we're obviously working on volume three at the moment. And uh, we had a little bit of an insight, I think a couple of sessions ago, where we did two takes of the same patch. And they were, they both had a lot to love in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we almost thought, uh, and this is yet, yet to be decided, but it, it felt like there was almost no point in doing two takes of the same patch because then you're just stuck with having to choose between them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because there were, so, so, so we, the last, the last little session we did, we just, actually we, we were very time constrained, but we just did one take of the one patch and we were both delighted with it. It just, yeah. it, it's starting mm-hmm. to feel like one take of a patch is enough. Because okay. otherwise, if you do multiple takes, you're just faced with the dilemma of trying to choose between them. And you yeah, might and as well you, say, yeah. well, either that patch works, that flow works, or it doesn't, and we'll make another patch, you know. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I um, – I, also, when you, when you uh, have two different, you know, brains listening for quote-unquote best, you know, Daniel could, like, take two more than – one and it could be office opposite for you gareth so like you're kind of a i mean i'm sure you guys have a, a really good system of working through you know disagreements because no musical collaboration can last more than a year without that but you know you don't have to it's, it's you're saving yourself some some pain and sorrow it sounds like and that the part of it that's that takes <laughs> yeah. the joy out of the whole thing too is you know that it sounds like for you guys it's like the the hunting and editing um i'm also so yeah. i'm curious about how like when you're setting this up so you say like you guys kind of, you, you both, you get to a point where you feel like it's ready to do a take. What's, how long is that process? What is the communication like in that? Um, and then do you do kind of, when you get to the point where you're like, I think we're there, do you kind of jam for a few more minutes before you hit record? Ooh. Well, um, I would say, I couldn't say how long it takes us to get the patch, but they use maybe an hour or so, okay. roughly, mm-hmm. something like that. We don't really talk to each other at all. It's just about listening to each other's, what each other's, what we're doing, what we're, you know, and then there's a moment where it just feels right. And Gareth or I'll say, should we put this one down? And then we do. I mean, it's, okay. <coughs> yeah, not, we try and, Something happens, you both look at each other and you're like, okay, we're done. Like you get that like kind of bright eyed, like, woohoo, yeah. we got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know how woohoo it is, but it's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, more, it's more of a, I think that sounds okay. Let's record right, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> sounds too bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we might have just found a cultural difference between uh, our, our two sides of the pond. 
And you get a little more. Sure. I think we're, yeah, we're very English on that. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, no, no, high, no high fives going on, really. No uh, <laughs> awesome dudes or um, anything like that. You guys aren't giving a hang loose <laughs> sign to each other, and that's that's the sign to record. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We, when we we do actually to get back to the, the technicalities you were alluding to, we when we do so, we feel as a you know a vibe in the room or whatever, and we don't want to waste it, so let's record it. And at that point, we might take five or ten minutes. To, how do we start? Is often uh, about all that's explained, all that's discussed. I mean, there's as Daniel said, there's very little talking, but then there will be like so. So, because quite often the vibe hangs in the room, but there might be several things happening at once. So we have a quick kind of reboot and we think, well, okay, what are we going to start with? And then we, we quickly strip back to something, either, you know, one element or two, whatever, you know, there's mm -hmm. millions of options. But we definitely give, there's a little pause for thought, isn't there, Dee, when we just yeah. go, okay, what, how are we going to start? Mm -hmm. And that's it then. And then we, then we go. And, okay. And, uh, okay. And uh, I, I probably asked this question last time, but I'm, I'm curious if how you do it on this, this round, but are you guys like how much, um, syncing of systems are you doing between your two systems? Are you sharing a clock? Are you sharing some effects or, or is it kind of like, you know, you're here, you're here and just go. Clock. Clock. Okay. Yeah, Ooh, I just send Gareth. I just send Gareth a clock, and and that and that's it. Yeah. Although, but, yeah. Go on. Go on. Well, yeah, go on, Gareth. Well, the, the we've had a phase, and and to be honest, I can't. I can't really, you know, I can't decode the pieces on on volume two. So I hardly know what Daniel did, and I don't really know what Daniel did and what I did on on, on the record anymore, which is great, mm -hmm. which is one mm -hmm. of the things we love about it. But we've we've definitely had a, a a period of sessions where I've been exclusively sampling what Daniel does. Uh, so oh, I've cool. not been, if you like, creating any original sound. Okay. I've been taking snippets. So in addition to clock, I think. Um, for a while, Daniel was using a Bifaco mixer that's got a aux send on it, three aux mm -hmm. ends, and one of those aux ends was dedicated to a line coming to my samplers. Okay, so, great. So, so I was taking audio from his mixer, okay, uh, which sometimes sometimes was very considered, um, and and I'd worked out what sound might be behind which aux send, and I kind of knew what I was sampling, and sometimes. It was totally unexpected. I thought I was sampling one thing, but got something else, you know, uh, with all the randomness and, and chaos of a uh, modular joy that we all love. So that, that's been, that, that's been super interesting actually, because, um, it's for, it's solved. It's, it's not solved. It's been an interesting way to approach tonality because we're not that big on, as you know, if you've heard some of the tunes, we're not that big on tuning up and playing melodies. Mm -hmm. But but when uh, when if I'm using a, a lubad or a, or a loop sampler of some kind to to take fragments of what Daniel's doing, it kind of pitch wise it fits, mm -hmm. kind of in, right. in a good way, you know, because I might only go up an oct up or down an octave. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not transposing on in semitones or anything, so. so so that's given a real musical connection somehow where, where, where this allowed us to uh, overcome one of our challenges about what key are we playing in, you know, or do we have to tune up our oscillators and then, you know, as soon as we do some cross-modulation, the pitch has gone somewhere else anyway. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So, you know, that's, that's, it's, that's been very profound and very deep. It's a, it's a channel we're still, a furrow we're still plowing. Right. <laughs> well, that's I, that's um, a lot of what I do is kind of uh, sampling myself during. A, I don't do a lot of live performances lately, but I do a lot of these what I call remote performances, where I go out and I just perform 
a somewhat like I build a patch at home and get it to a point where I'm like, okay, I can make this work out in the field. So it's it's a mixture of improv, improv and, and preparation. But I use uh, morphogene's been the primary thing that I do live sampling with. But I just got the Cubit Nebulae, um, which um, you know there's some overlap with morphogene, but it's definitely its own thing. And I've had the the Lubad and uh, the uh, what the other one that they do that's really awesome. What is that one called with the crazy light panel? Why am I Arbar? Okay, Arbar. That I haven't yeah. got one of that. That looks amazing, doesn't it? The light that panel alone. Like that thing's crazy if you like this the workflow you just described i think you would have some fun with that um but other than lubad what are you what are you using for for that kind of live sampling uh i uh i've got um the um bitbox micro uh, okay. which i'm using in with ableton clip style if you like yeah yeah um uh it was uh that was very fruitful uh for a while because i think in an earlier firmware version the loop didn't automatically play and didn't always consistently play in time. Oh boy. So, so there was like, uh, you know, phasing offsets if uh -huh. I, which was became part of what we were doing live, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, and, and then I got a, like a, just a two HP sampler, very simple, uh, very oh, simple cool. looper that I just trigger with a gate. Uh, and okay. uh, take a certain number of pulses and then hit it again. And then I've locked in a seven beat loop or a three beat or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. okay. so, so those are, I think those are the big, and the morphogene, of course. Yeah. Morphogene um, is one so, of the greatest so. pieces of musical technology. I think I've ever touched. I love that thing. Um, so Daniel, while we're on the, the subject of gear and we're nerding out on gear, um, what what is uh, what are some of the all stars of like if, if you're packing up your kit to head over to to Gareth's like what are the ones that just never stay behind? Um, the uh, five twelve vector five five twelve sequencer. Okay, that's ever present and, uh, because it's like, and then I mean, cool. I'm trying to think. Well, the, the, uh, I like the the. the um, the further generator endorphins further generator um a natural gate which i got recently which is fantastic sound i've heard good things i'm yeah. also i'm also right now i'm quite into the bastel pizza oh yeah uh, oscillator and the bastel ikari stereo filter but they work but that's really great um the clavis twin waves which there's a lot of power in a small in a very small uh, footprint, which is very useful as two oscillators, which can be LFOs and lots of different waveforms. Um, right now, I've also got the, I'm just looking actually, I've got the uh, random, what's it called, random source uh, resonant equalizer, mm -hmm. which, which, has got, which is an equalizer, but it's got feedback and you can actually play it as a, its own instrument. Oh, cool. It's a surge, a surge design, mm -hmm. and that's really cool. Um, the Quadigy, Clavis Quadigy for envelope generators that can also loop. That's usually in my setup. Uh, yeah, Wogglebug's always there. As much oh, random nice. stuff as I can muster, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So yeah, there's, there's, there's generally, but I've but I've just changed. It's interesting. I talk about this because. I recently just dug out some of my older modules and, and put them into the rack. And I found it, I looked at it, I thought, wow, this is just like a completely new instrument now. So, um, and that was, that's been very inspiring. I think changing modules around is also a really important part of the process. Um, I do it constantly, so, you know, maybe too much, but yeah. I mean, it's a pain in the ass I... sometimes. It is a total pain. <laughs> I've actually, um, I don't know if you could see these. Um, I got these two little 4MS powered pods. Um, oh, yeah. I, like with this big Needham case behind me, it's great when I'm working in studio and, and just want to like have all my options available. But I find mm. myself a little bit paralyzed. It's almost like when you're going through Netflix or Spotify or something like that and trying to decide what to watch or listen to. There's so much stuff that you spend more time kind of you know browsing i guess your Searching. modules yeah. yeah 
So I like to set up yeah. kind of mini systems for myself and mm -hmm. um, see how far I can get with those. That's, mm -hmm. um, and I think it just makes you a bet, like, especially with somebody with, with, I think I have, you know, there's probably no real answer to this, but generally I probably have too many modules for somebody at my experience level. Um, so I, I find that breaking them down into smaller systems allows me to actually hone in on the specific mm -hmm. instrument that I'm trying to build or the module that I'm trying to learn. Um, yeah, yeah, those are very good. Those I've, I, my sequencer is in one of those pods, and my Bifaco yeah. mixer, which is something else that I always carry with me, is in one of those pods. And I have this other sequencer, which I'm still getting my head around, which is more like a trigger sequencer called the Flux. It's pretty complex and deep. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's I'm not. there's not much about it. Uh, it's made in Belfast, but it's it, it, yeah, it's, it's 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 unique in what it can do. No question about that. Okay. Um, it, it uses this kind of envelopes to control the trigger speeds and things like that. You can get some very oh, wow. strange rhythmic uh, things out of it. Sometimes it's total chaos and there's tons <laughs> of parameters. But I, I mean, you know, I'm getting my head around it. So there's a lot to learn about it. Well, and, and I think, you know, there's, I've heard, I've heard everything across the spectrum of, of talking about gear and, and, and I, you know, gear doesn't make the artist, but there is, there is a level of there, there's definitely a, um, in, in inspirational well within gear that you're interested in, or, um, you know, that's kind of, that that's kind of new to you. I find, I find that I end up making a lot of really cool stuff by accident with new things. And then I have to figure out how I got it to do that. But then when I'm done, I've got a new synthesis technique, you know? Um, so, and that, that happens with modules that mm. I got a while ago and then didn't really understand or mm. didn't spend the time with. And then, you know, like you said, dig a out and find it really inspiring. So I think that's, while it is a pain in the ass to be switching your system around all the time, it is a good way to kind mm. of keep my creative juices flowing anyways. Mm. And I also think the kind of innocence or whatever you call, naivety of when you get a new module mm. is really exciting as well. I mean, Definitely. talking of like, how do I get that sound back? I just got the um, Chaos X, uh, XOAC devices yeah. uh, frequency, mm -hmm. frequency shifter, okay. which is fantastic. And I was trying it out in, uh, in Schneidersladen in Berlin, great modular you know, headquarters. I was getting some crazy things out of it. I was just randomly plugging stuff in. Then when I got it home, I thought, how do I get those sounds back? You know, because <laughs> they, you know, it was, but it's, it's another really good, really, really nice, nice module as well. Chaos makes some, some amazing stuff. Um, that there, the Kameniac phaser, I, I didn't think I was a big phaser fan until I played with this thing. It's one of the, it's just insane. I love that thing. Um, and I also have, I don't know if you guys know about this. And I, do you guys do much with like mid side processing? I, I do uh, acoustically, not in modular so much. Okay. Cause chaos makes this thing called the Minsk. Um, and it's, it's basically just a little mid side thing with a couple different options and you can mm. set it up. It's, it's good. I think for people maybe who are recording in stereo and can want to maybe ensure that they're not getting any, uh, any phase cancel? Yeah, I've got, I got. I used this. What's the company called? Oh God, terrible! But they did that something like that. A, a small module. Oh, is it Warren? And it stereofies. Warren Sorry? Electronics. Warren, or it looks like no, it's I don't wrong. Think so. Okay, because I know they do a lot. Wrong. Of stuff yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Wrong. Yeah. And I I use that like for instance to stereofy my mono spring reverb. Yeah, you can do that with this as well. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, while yeah. we're talking about modules, I just want to just throw a plug up here for Daniel and and FSS because this macro here is one of the coolest modules I've I've found for live performance. Um, and I think you sent me this after our discussion last time. So, do you want to kind of so, give? Yeah. Do you want to give your uh, like your your elevator pitch on like? where the idea came from, why, and, uh, you know, how you executed it with, with FSS. 
Yeah, well, the idea was, you know, how do I control, you know, especially for live situations, it wasn't just me, it was other people, I, modular synthesis who were like, uh, I saw interviews and, they, and they, you know, they'd say, you know, I want to I change a lot of things at once. I, you know, I don't have to run around the whole system. So, and I want to be able to do that as well. So, um, uh, I had a contact uh, to Finley Shakespeare from Future Sound Systems um, by Chris Carter because uh, they they work together on the Gristleizer, mm-hmm. and um, I, I, we just had a chat. We all got we got on well. And I said, you know, how how can we do this? You know, it'd be really great. And he said, yeah, that'd be super useful. And basically, it's got it's uh, six, um, six. It's got one knob, and it's got six outputs. Uh, and each output, you know, you, you send a, volt, a voltage. Uh, what do you call it? I always remember forget the, what it's called. It's, uh, uh, you got you got it uh, bipolar, unipolar switch for the big yeah, knob, got, and then each got a, a attenuator. Yeah, each one's got an attenuverter, bipolar, you know, an attenuverter. And um, so as you turn the knob, you're sending voltages out through those six um, outputs in different, uh, you know, at different, stre- different strengths. So, for instance, you know, in a classic kind of techno kind of world, you could, you could be opening up the filter, opening up the send to a reverb, controlling a modulation via VCA all at the same time for big kind of sweepy things. Mm-hmm. But also what I find, I use it actually more. I might have, I might have maybe, well, say all six outputs going and making very slight changes to things. And you make a slight change on the, on the, on the, on the main knob and the whole, the whole sound changes, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just a really, really nice way to work, you know, and very practical for live and in the studio as well. Yeah. So I actually found a, a new way to use it the other day. And um, <laughs> it's so do you know the stereo triggered sampler by 4MS? It's it's really, um, it's, I mean, really not, yeah. it's simple, but it's 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 one of my favorite samplers. Um, so basically, mm-hmm. it's just like you got you got two sides um, that are kind of identical, but can be, uh, you know, separately controlled. So I load up, you know, little snippets of maybe one like piece that I did on a, uh, like on my summit or something. Um, but you can, you know, you can move your start and end times and then that kind of changes your loop. So what I like to do is, is mm-hmm. kind of send two of the outputs, um, to the start and end time of one and then two more to the other and then just spend some time dialing in on the attenuverters where I want those loops to change. And you can kind of get these really cool, um, you know, just evolving loops that, that change when you tell them to it's, it's, yeah, it's, it takes a minute to dial that in because it's, it's hard to get a precise start and end time on the, the um, sampler, but yeah, it's just, there's a million applications for it. What's it yeah. called, that sampler, Tim? The Stereo Triggered Sampler. See, that sounds a bit like the S612, Daniel. Yeah. It's great. I'm sorry. I, I've got, I love it. I've got this I've got this idea. I'm actually, it's not a secret because um, there's nothing to be secret about. But I'm talking to a few. There's this very old, the very first Akai, Akai sampler that came out in the 80s before the S900 and S1000s, which became the classic. They did, a, mm-hmm. they did one called the um, six, uh, 612. And it, it was very simple. Um, and one of the things, it had like two sliders, one for start, one for start, one for end. And you could play the sliders, like really play the mm-hmm. sliders to get these kind of granular, almost granular, mm-hmm. and just change yeah. the loop length. And it was very instant. You know, you just shove something in there and start playing around. And I'm trying That's to get very much like this. Finley to trying to get fit. See what I miss. I don't want to get go off on the track here, but there are <laughs> lots of great samplers. Um, uh, you know, like the, the one that Gareth's got, the the uh, one you know, the uh, micro. What's it called? The Bitbox. The Bitbox, Bitbox yeah. micro. Um, but they're big. 
and they have a lot of you can do a lot with it what i'd like to have is something much smaller mm-hmm. real-time sampling with some few basic controls on it for me that would be great and i you know there are small sample players but you can't record in real time you have to you know take you have to load the sd card i'd love yeah. to get something like that um, you can I, record I can't in- find um, yeah, I'll, mm. I'll rack my brain about that and see because I'm I'm sure it exists, but it, I I can't think of one now. But I'll I'll uh, I'll forward you along if I find one. Um, this... I don't think you will because <laughs> I've really I've really yeah. looked around. <laughs> well, now it's out in the world, so somebody make it. Um, you yeah, can please. record into this one, but it's not really. I wouldn't say the the um the flow of recording into the STS is all that great for live sampling and then replaying. It certainly could mm-hmm. be done. Um, mm. But what's cool is that with the start start um, and end position, basically, if you reverse those, if you turn, you know, start all the way up and length all the way down, you can get into some really funky granular stuff. And then there's, of course, pitch yeah. for one. Um, so, yeah, it's sure. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Um, and then well, since we're on the gear topic, sorry, sorry, Gareth, I kind of like got on Daniel on a roll with his modules. Um, no, no, but- I'm interested. I'm looking, I'm reading about the stereo triggered sampler as we, as we speak. <laughs> right on. Uh, and then the, the stum, is that how you say that? Is that how you pronounce that? Stum, stum, yeah, stum. Um, you know, another simple, but elegantly designed, um, you know, switch with grouping, my question though is i see some expander uh headers here are we getting expanders for this anytime soon well they've been they were talking about it and then the pandemic happened yeah um so i'm not actually sure i'm seeing we're we're playing in bristol where where future sound systems is based on a show that uh finley shakespeare is actually promoting so we'll i'll definitely get on to him about that okay um when i see him (laughs) i'll let you know okay yeah, I need to get Finley on the show. Anyways, I I I don't oh, I yeah. think maybe we've talked and it's it's yeah it's hard to to keep track of the booking and stuff. But yeah, I just uh, I love actually I, you know like that was a big inspiration for me like having you just think of an idea and then bring it to somebody and and it's it's and I think that's happening more you know like Andrew Huang now has a module out and you know Div yeah. Kid has had a couple come out with you know Instro and Bafaco. Um, you know, and it's, you know, good ideas can come from people who aren't, you know, electrical engineers or circuit designers. And I, I think it's cool to see Which this. Which I'm um, certainly not. Yeah. yeah, me neither. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's cool to see these, uh, a, a, a pathway for people who have needs within their live or studio cases and then can kind of like spend some time, you know, thinking about what exactly they'd want it to be and then you know, proposing it to somebody else and then having it come into reality. Like that had to be a good feeling when those arrived for the first time and you saw those, you know, finished modules. Yeah. It's a bit like getting, getting a, you know, if you make a vinyl album, it's like getting the album, you know, getting the yeah. final thing in your hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of albums, that, that was gear corner. We'll, we'll, we'll switch to a <laughs> lot to live tour corner, but as far as, mm-hmm the the tour goes and and the live performance when you got with your uh your process in creating albums you know being improvised not a lot of editing how do you prepare for live shows do you do you try to like i mean i know you're not going to recreate anything from the album and i mean maybe you are but uh do you try to find a vibe within the album or try to try to do the same vibe of the album when you're doing a live tour No, 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 not so far. I mean, Mm -hmm. in fact, we, you know, know, this, we have a small four date European tour coming up. Um, So, but we've only done uh, one off gigs before, but, but we've not, we certainly have not so far ever considered the recorded work when we've thought about live. We, Mm -hmm. we, we approach it. It's not, similarly perhaps to the recorded work because we we uh, meet for a rehearsal i mean i'm i'm personally a bit too scared unless i i, I would be up for it if it was like a 6 hour gig or to to start <laughs> with the unpatch modular mm-hmm. 
but, right, but yeah. for a 45 minute gig i'm too scared to start with an unpatched modular so so what we do is we have a rehearsal uh, the day before and uh we build some patches we might have a rehearsal with nothing patched in uh, mm-hmm. uh, and so we create a patch for the performance essentially and okay. so far the uh the uh live show's been nothing like the rehearsal <laughs> <laughs> and nothing like the album <laughs> 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 so, uh, okay, so is this like a thing where you rehearse, you get this patch set up, and then you leave that patch patched for the tour? Or is this like you show up as you go on, are you going to get to sound check and then maybe switch some things up or start over if you have time? Or Well, but as this is the first kind of time we've ever done kind of consecutive dates, mm-hmm. we'll probably have a patch that we'll start off with. Uh, the big, you know, we'll have this rehearsal. It's not even really a rehearsal. It's more like just a, a pa- making a patch mm-hmm. and playing around with it a bit. <coughs> and then we discussed this the other day, and then we'll keep that patch for the other dates. But as we go on, I'm sure we'll be tempted to modify them in some way or other, but not necessarily change them radically. Well, I imagine too, that would be like, I could see you hitting a sweet spot by like, you know, gig three where, maybe you're you're flying a little looser and having a little more fun with it because you've just it's it's uh re re you know you're retreading that ground and i almost wonder if at the end of it if you if you all should get in the studio and record you know pretend you pretend you're playing one last live show but do it in the studio and you could treat your your tour as the rehearsals for the album <laughs> yeah that's like a, making an old school record isn't it like in, yeah. the, in the 60s the band go on tour but actually of course we we will be uh i've, I've been struggling with this and there's such a simple solution to it so i've been wondering how to record you know two stereo outs in very limited technical facilities that we have when when we play live but both of our uh, racks have got headphone outs so uh it's really easy uh to send the main outs to the pa or the you know whatever uh-huh. to the to the front of house and then just take the headphone outs into a zoom so yeah hopefully i i'm hoping to i'm planning on recording all four gigs and hopefully uh, there'll be something there worth um releasing on Bandcamp, perhaps so perhaps we'll just do it on the mute Bandcamp. we, we yeah. don't know but, yeah. but i think it's important i love documenting stuff i think it's important especially Absolutely. when it's improvised you just never know you know yeah you and, could uh, really I, yeah totally i did uh, i did a, a little gig in a pub at the end of last year um uh as as uh, uh, my solo project electrogenetic and uh I, that i was so pleased that the sound guy recorded it for me on like a four track thing and i did a little bit of mixing and a tiny bit of editing afterwards and i was delighted to have to be able to share it with people you know so mm-hmm. that's so awesome. I definitely wanted to with def sunroof are definitely going to be recording the four gigs right and so, and, um, and the, go ahead well and the production rehearsal i hope you know yeah. every, every every time we meet you know <laughs> stuff happens yeah right right so I, I mean, no shade on Zoom because I had a Zoom field recorder for a long time and really loved it. But I recently got this uh, Tascam Porta Capture Eight, and it has 32-bit float, so you can't you can't clip your recordings. So I don't know. I mean, even, I'm sure you can. Yeah. I mean, I, even better. Yeah. You know, um, even better. Yeah. What a huge dynamic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm. I hopefully will be fairly disciplined about. You know not slamming the level into the zoo <laughs> but anyway that's what we're using we're using what we've got we're using the right, tools we've yeah, got at the moment yeah yeah i mean I, I love i love those zoom zoom record i i love field recording in general but that's a whole other can of worms um so when do this when does this tour start i know so as the list if the listeners listening to this that you know day of release the album comes out this coming friday um when does the tour start and where will you be we on the 9th of April, no, 7th of April, we'll be in Bristol. Yeah, we'll be in Bristol. Okay. Um, what's the name of the club, Gareth? Can you remember? No, I don't, but no, but we'll I'll be put Finley links, is, I'll put links to all the shows in the show description. Yeah. 
Uh, Finley Shakespeare, who's putting the show on for us, uh, he has oh, a regular cool. night there. Oh, nice. Um, and then we're playing uh, in London on the 10th at a really nice place we played before called Eclectic. Okay. Uh, it's a smallish venue, but really well equipped and great for visuals as well. It's more like a it's cross between a venue, a, 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 you know, a live venue and a gallery in a way. And it's okay, really lovely. Nice. People are great. And that's really nice. And then on the 13th of April, we're playing in Berlin at a place called Silent Green. We'll be supporting Faust, which is a pretty amazing uh, pretty amazing for me and well for both yeah, of us because they've cool. been a huge influence and um, and then we're playing at a really great club in Hamburg on the 15th called the Golden Poodle which is a legendary you know institution there great place awesome. so yeah that's our tour our world tour it's four days <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh, ideal really um well if you ever come yeah. to the u.s you got to come to the pacific northwest um i would love to meet you guys in person and see you live um so we're, we're going to be closing no, I'd love, love to come. <laughs> yeah i would love to have you in the studio just just you know just do some weird patching and just yeah um <laughs> So we're, we're coming up on an hour and I do, I do a thing uh, for my Patreon subscribers where it's just like a little bonus portion at the end. So if you guys have some time for that, um, I would, mm -hmm. I would appreciate that. But if not, I, you know, no worries. Um, but before we get I'm to okay that, with that, great. Yeah. Um, before we get to that, is there anything you want to scream from the modular mountaintops to everyone listening out there? Ooh. Um, uh, don't judge. What's that? Don't judge your work. Don't judge oh. your own work. I love it. Love it. Book ending it. <laughs> Full circle. And um, I, I completely support that. And I would say, uh, use the tools you have to make the best work you can. Love it. Love There's it. always a, you know, you always get into this kind of mindset. If only I had that module, everything would be fine. And it's just doesn't. That doesn't it, really work. I've, that module never solves the problem that you think it's going to solve. In fact, it exactly. will. It'll offer some really cool new routes of exploration, but oftentimes it also mm. creates more questions. You know, than you know, you think it's the answer yeah. to this question, but you're going to get four mm. more questions, and you see where that goes. It becomes exponential, and then you end up like me mm. with too many modules for your experience level. <laughs> well, I think we've we've all well, I think we've all gone there. We've all, we've all, we're all in that position. You know, I mean, I can't speak for all, all, all of your listeners, of course, but I can say, I certainly echo with that. You know, it's a return on investment, you know, and not only do you, the new module is one. Anyway, we, we all love new modules, but that's right. I do think it's, I want to underline what Daniel said as well, that, you know, it's, it's not that that's not the solution to, to, right. to, to not making art, you know, do you, we need to make art with the tools we've got today. And sometimes yeah. it's the limitations that you're you're facing within your own studio or, or setup that can breed mm -hmm. some of your creativity that leads to you finding your voice. That was the case for me. So mm -hmm. you know, you never know what you can find in trash. Um, all right. Just one, one other little thing. One, just one other little tip is when you've made a recording, put it away for a couple of months. Don't listen to it. Put it away, really and you'll have yeah. a very different view of it than when you, if you listen back to it too much straight after recording it. Just put mm -hmm. it away, and you, you know, and then listen to it again, and you get a really different view of what, of what you really think of it. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, at least a at least a couple of days, but usually if it's like a few months, because um, I've had I've found stuff that I'm like I don't have any recollection of making this, and I don't know how I did it. The only way I know it was me is because it's in my DAW and no one else uses it. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, exactly. And that happened to me the other day. I went out with my guitar because I've been doing a lot of guitar patching through, or guitar through my synth. And I was just improvising on this really small riff idea that I'd come up the night with the night before. And after a few takes of it, I was like, okay, I have to play something I already know because I thought it was trash. And so I, I did a couple more. And, um, and after I a few days got home listened to them i think the one that i thought was trash is hands down the best one i did out there and i think it i think i might have 
accidentally written the whole piece right there on the spot and I love it, but I hated it at the time. So, you know, you exactly. never know. Yeah. So this is, oh, this okay. is yeah, that's Don't judge it. I think Daniel already mentioned that. That's a big thing for us as well. I think if we, if we, if we judge, certainly if I, if I, I need to focus on making, making stuff and, and, and stepping back from it, because if I judge it, I'm my own, I'm a huge, I'm my own worst critic in a way. You know, if I'm judging it Absolutely. as I'm making it, I, I just, I stop, you know, I stop. Mm -hmm. So, I, so I have to negotiate yeah. with the And critic. that could have become one of your favorite things, you know, you never know. So, yeah. All right. So my first Patreon bonus question, I'm kind of shooting from the hip here, but um, I, I've been asking my friends this question and people that I'm maybe I'm just meeting for the first time. It works for both, but I was just getting very tired of the, uh, well, what do you do for work question when having dinner parties with, you know, new, new friends or friends of friends? Cause no, like, well, we like to talk about mm -hmm. our work because we're lucky, but before I was lucky, I didn't like to talk about my work and it didn't define who I was. So I'm going to ask you what I've been asking people. Is there, has there been anything over the last, let's say six months to a year? Um, like what, what is the thing outside of music that has excited you or peaked like you, the, the inner child, you know, like excitement or uh, pieces of art that have you very excited, new artists, anything like that? Like what is something that you just feel very positively strong about lately? All right, thank you so much for coming back to Podular Modcast. Thank you to Gareth and Daniel for coming on the show. Thank you for listening to the show. Um, also, shout out to Patchworks for their continued support of Podular Modcast. Please visit them online at patchworks.com. Also, thank you to Forms for their support of the show. Remember, they have the five new modules, the shaped dual envelope VCA, the new shuffle and clock multiplier, the mini peg, and the other uh, envelope VCA combos that are a little smaller than the shaped dual, but still very useful. Link to all of that information in the show description. Also, don't forget, you have a little bit of time to sign up for Patreon at patreon.com forward slash podular modcast to uh, put yourself into the loop about when I am going to be giving away all that cool stuff that I talked about at the beginning of the show. Cassettes, patch cables, t-shirts, stickers, and a couple modules. This week's secret word is saponify. S-A-P-O-N-I-F-Y. And uh, yeah, go ahead and go look that up. And then after you look up that, look up the Lady of Crescent Lake. That's the lake that I was at for my birthday just just this last weekend and it's a spooky story all right until next week <laughs>